I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a beautiful day. I have it to is. comment again um, <laughs> because it wouldn't be a podcast if I did. <laughs> but, so, uh, well, last, last week it was raining. Yes. Today, you know, but, it looks like it's threatening rain right now, but it was still It is, but what would, gorgeous. how warm was it outside today? 70 something, I think, right? Wow. It was so the high 77. In fall. Mm-hmm. We are we are technically in the fall. Mhm. Wow. That's great. That's amazing. Mhm. Central New York, no place like it. Anywhere. Just this is the place to be. <laughs> Ask me that in a few months. Yeah, well, no, I yeah, I will. You know, last night, so last night, um, Engineer Tim and I were, um, we were watching something on TV, and there's this, this has nothing to do with the podcast, but I'm going to share it anyways. There's this show that Motor Trend runs, like, they live stream it called Roadkill, mm-hmm. which sounds awful, but it's just about these guys that find these old vehicles and they get them running. But anyway, so they found this old tow truck. And this one picture is this, and they, the guys are in Colorado and they get up in the morning and there is snow blowing everywhere. And Tim says to me, oh, isn't that just exciting? I can't wait. Now, you know me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> but it'll come and it'll come and it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. And- yeah. Yeah. I've, I've said it on here before. I love the, the transition of seasons. Right. So any, you know I I do think that the winter snow is exciting for some period of time, but when <laughs> but it's not four months, <laughs> when it's Mother's Day and snowing, and it's like still snowing, year, yes. that, that I do have a problem with that. But here's the good news: if it snows on Mother's Day, it doesn't last long. Maybe if it snows on Martin Luther King Day, now we you know we mm-hmm. know we've got probably two to three more months of that. Yeah, Mother's Day, nah, it's gone within a day. You know, it's always beautiful on Father's Day. I think that's why I have a problem with it. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, you just flip them. <laughs> uh, I really so work out, work with somebody and get it flipped so that yeah. Father's Day comes before Mother's Day. And then somebody's going to say, wait, isn't it ladies first? <laughs> oh, well. And right now our listeners are saying, could you just please get back to what you're talking about? Today? So today we are part two on our four dimensions of leadership. So mm-hmm. last week... We talked about inside out. That's where the leader really has to develop themselves. They need to, you know, you have to be bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. Um, you can't give what you don't don't have. So all of those great uh, Maxwell quotes that you've heard me use so many times. But this week, it's outside in. Mm-hmm. So what this one really focuses on is, and and I honestly believe that after the leader is, is you know, has focused on developing themselves the next most important thing they should be working on is developing their people. Mm-hmm. I, this is hands down the most important thing any leader can do. Now, I know some are going to say, no, I should be working on my markets. No, I should be working on my processes. No, I should be working on my strategic plan. No, listen to me. You should be working on developing your people. Because if you do, your people will take your business to another level, mm-hmm. a level far beyond you. And one of the notes that I put in, in the, the post that went out today was that, you know, the, the goal for most leaders think, well, it's great if I have followers. Well, if you have followers, 
you're very limited in what you can achieve because your followers are always dependent on you. But if you develop leaders who develop leaders who develop followers, hmm, now look at what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We've got exponential possibilities in our organizations. I was, I was on a, um, a coaching call with a client yesterday, and you know, he, he seemed to be a little bit overwhelmed, um, and rightfully so, about how do I make the impact that I need to make in my organization. And he's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, but I said, well, why don't you think about who are your rising stars, so to speak? Who are your most gifted people in areas where you don't have the capacity? Who might they be? And he's, he says, well, yeah, I probably have, and I forgot. You know, I think some of the names I may have remembered, others I didn't, I and mean, that's not important. But I said, so what could you do with them? Could you mentor them? And then the point is, if he starts to mentor them and discover their giftedness and then show them how to do the same, the next thing you know, it's, it's, it's uh, working its way throughout the entire organization of people development. And that's outside in. So the other thing that I brought up in, in the post that went out was, and we'll get into exactly what this means, but when I was on a school board, I, I didn't know much about education other than the fact that my kids you know, went through school, but I didn't understand the structure of education. And, and, and I learned a lot when I was on the school board. And, and one of them was they kept talking about IEPs, IEPs, IEPs. I didn't know what an IEP was, so I just kind of like, hey, what's an IEP? Well, an IEP is an individualized education program. Well, well, that's pretty cool. But they only were doing it for students that were struggling. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, wait, why wouldn't I want to have an IEP for each one of the people that report to me at work? Because if our goal is to make our people better, we should have an individualized education program for each of our employees. So that's what Outside In is identifying the people, identifying their giftedness, identifying how we can help them achieve greatness. Uh, Liz Wiseman referred to it as we need to be genius makers. Finding that genius and developing them. So that's really what this outside in is all about. And what I, the last thing I put on the, the email that went out today was, if you want to know more about it, tune into the podcast. And Marissa and I are going to talk about how we build an IEP. So share with us, how do we do that? Well, I thought you were going to tell us. <laughs> See, <laughs> that was one of those questions you, that I didn't tell you I was yeah, going to ask, right? You make it seem so simple, um, which we know it's not, right? I mean, it's, uh, right. you, know, I, you know, I'm starting so, to understand, like, I, you know, this is a four-part series, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing where we're going now that I've, yeah. I've read a couple of the pieces. Um, but it I mean it makes great sense to me, and I think sure it's uh, you know we you and I were just actually on a, a webinar with Macney's right. Innovator of the Year for 2020, Daniel Brown from SRC, right. and um, it was a really really great interview and discussion with him, and he shared some you know that some advice that it's really and and you know and he's he's. Uh, young himself i i don't know how old he is yes. but i i don't think he's much older than i am um and he had some, I would agree, yeah. some really great things to say and some really great advice and, and he said that 
Um, you know, it's not about making yourself, what do you say, uh, irreplaceable or something like that. Yes. He, he said that yep. it's about, you know, taking others under your wing and developing them to a point where they're just as good as you. And exactly. I, I thought, and he said, the way he said it with such confidence and such, like he was, yes. you know, he's like, I know this for sure. Like, this is the truth. Yep. And um, yeah. I, I just thought, you know, that's so timely, first of all, because here we are recording now. But like, that's, right. you know, you think about all of the teams we're on, that's really how it should be, right? Like at work yes. and at home, right? You take your kids and you, you know, turn right. them into to great you know, contributing adults. Um, and you think about sports teams and, and all of that. And it's like, yeah, like this makes great sense. And I love that we're talking about the individualized approach because I think that's, that's the key right there. It's not a one size fits all plan. Um, because everyone's different and everyone has different gifted areas and different strengths. And even if they were hired for, for one reason, um, their longevity is likely for something else. Yes. That, that comes exactly. out later on. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's so good. So if someone wanted to hear or watch the interview we did with, um, with Dan Brown from SRC, where would they find that? It's on our YouTube channel. So uh, MACNE has a YouTube. It'll also be on our website, macne.org. Um, Great. And we'll have all of our events there. Perfect. So just go to uh, our MACNE's YouTube channel and you can find it there. That's mm-hmm. great. Thank you so much for bringing that up because I, I almost cheered when he said that. There were a couple of <laughs> times in, in, in our conversation with I just I wanted to cheer, but that, that would have been <laughs> That would have been funny. <laughs> but anyways, so... Let's let's look at I want to talk first about a typical performance management cycle mm-hmm. or event. So typically when in in industry the way we did performance management we called them performance appraisals or employee reviews. Mm-hmm. We focused on what was going wrong. Mm-hmm. We said, "Well, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, in this area you're a 7, and in this area you're an 8. In this area you're a 3." So we need to work on the three. And we need to get that three to a five. Well, so if five is average, we just said that our goal is to get that employee to be average. So we want average companies, I guess. <laughs> and, and Marcus Buckingham said it the best. He said, we fear our weaknesses more than we honor our strengths. And he doesn't know why. He said, why is it that we're so fearful of our weaknesses and we don't honor our strengths? And, and the example that he used at Live to Lead last year was he said, he gave this beautiful example, and it just went, even just thinking about it, I, I start to get emotional. He talks about when he went with his wife to, to open house for the first time and he was so almost embarrassed by the artwork that his son was doing. And then the teacher noticed it and said, come over here. He said, I, and he said, and then we all of a sudden went up to where the math problems were, were posted. Mm-hmm. And he said, look at what your son did here. And it was, you know, some simple mathematics. He said, we haven't done that yet in class. And, and the point was, 
the teacher said, stop focusing on what your child doesn't do well and, and start to ask him, why does he do this so well? So the point is, discover the giftedness in your children and help them develop that. Discover the giftedness in your employees and help them develop that. Because if we only work on where our deficiencies are, we're only going to be average. The example, Marissa, that I always give on this is me and proofreading. <laughs> now, you edit everything that I write. And I tell people, if you have ever read anything that I write with the exception of a personal email, Marissa has read it and edited it first. Because I'm awful at it. But you're gifted in that area. So if I would... in, in you know, I don't even know, maybe I've said it on the podcast. I actually have that Grammarly app mm -hmm. that sits on my, uh, on my, my PC in, in, in Outlook and in Word that is, that is doing a bunch of grammar checks. And then you still find some that it missed, <laughs> which is great. And, you know, so here was something, and I don't know if I've ever told you this. Um, when I first started working at Macney and you started editing my things, I would have Tim, my son, and my wife read it. Mm -hmm. before you edited it because I didn't want to look stupid. Now I guess I don't care if I act stupid, right? <laughs> because what I realized was it's not, that's not my giftedness. Mm -hmm. So, and if I would go back to night school, or do they even do night school anymore? I don't know. If I would take all these online grammar courses, at best I would be average. So why not give it to somebody who's gifted in that? So that's what I mean by this. Finding strengths. Mm -hmm. and, and so why are strengths so important? Because our strengths ignite us. They, they inspire us. They, they, we're passionate about our strengths. And when we get to work on our strengths, people grow. So that's why we need to, you know, there was another great quote here, and I love this one. The most beautiful gift a leader can give their people is to help them find their strengths. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, find like and, and then develop, gift. right? Like Exactly, yes. Because mm -hmm. you know what? If you help them find their strengths, but you don't let them develop them, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And you deserve it. You deserve it. So you got to help them develop their strengths. Um, so how do we build an IEP? You got to get to know your team members. You You just, you have to, do a lot of observation, you know, to have conversations with them. Their giftedness might not be in the task they're doing for you. It might be in a hobby that they're engaged in that can be brought over into the, the business um, setting. Uh, you know, it was, it was interesting um, when we asked Dan Brown, our innovation of the Innovator of the Year Award, you know, how did he how did he get started in engineering or something? He talked about as a kid he was always building things. Um, I was doing a, a, a phone call with um someone this past week and and the question was, I said, So what kind of skills would you be looking for in a person who, you know, a high school student that would fit your type of job? And he goes, you know, somebody that can fix their own cars. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Maybe someone's giftedness is they're extremely mechanically inclined, but they don't think about it because they don't have the shop classes in school like they used to. And nobody fixes their own cars anymore because they are harder to fix than they used to be. But 
find so hobbies could be an indicator of a giftedness you know what are their strengths what do they want to do or like to do but not i just really want to do this but are you good at it are you gifted in that area so once we identify that then we have to say we need to identify learning and growth opportunities that would build on that giftedness so if someone comes to me and says you know i i think uh, one of the things that dan brown was talking about was um, you know, developing different kind of out computer algorithms and things. You know, so if that's where his giftedness is, his company was helping him develop that skill set mm-hmm. to get even better and better and better so that the things he and, and the folks at SRC do are really keeping us all safe and protecting our, our, our armed forces. So now, so we know, we know where the giftedness is. Um, we've identified... The, the 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 source or the 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 avenues for people to get better the training that's there the the way to utilize it but then we have to establish and this you'll see the pal- parallel here Marissa, with with our growth plan what do we do daily weekly monthly and annually that reinforce the growth mm-hmm. it can't just be every quarter we do a one on one and we talk about it no there needs to be things that, that, that this employee is doing daily that moves them in that direction. And then you have to review those activities frequently. I, you know, I don't, I don't think a one-on-one quarterly is going to cut it. You know, maybe every other week, maybe every week if you can make that work. And it doesn't have to be super formal. It could just be, hey, we're touching base on what's going on. But at least quarterly, you need to be looking at the plan. And this plan could be one page. It could be half a page. This is what we're doing. And you're going to see the growth of this employee. And, and the, the, the more simple you can make the document, the, the better. Because if it gets too complex, nobody will follow it. So it's not hard to build an IEP. Just think about the fact that it is an individualized education plan for each employee. You have to give them the chance to become the best at what they do. And that is the leader's greatest responsibility. You, you know, you can't cut yourself. You can't cut your business to sustain growth. You can't, you know, can't be cutting costs and to a point where you're sustaining growth. You can't lean your way out. You could have the best Six Sigma people in the world. That's not going to necessarily take you to growth. You can't inspire or motivate people for long-term business success and growth. The way you do it is by growing your people in their giftedness and they will take your company to sustained exponential growth. So that's IEPs and how they work. Mm-hmm. Questions for me. This just reminds me of a, of a story. I think you've told it on the podcast before about your dad and developing mm. a specific employee. Do you think you can share that story again? Sure. Yeah, sure. Thanks. That's, uh, thanks for remembering that. Yeah, I I got to a point once where I had an employee that was really, really gifted. Um, I was working at Volpe, um, and I was the production manager for the the production side of that business. And I had a woman who was an amazing technician doing fiber optic assemblies. And I needed a team leader. And I remember saying to my dad, you know, because I was a new... I might have only been a supervisor then. I, I was very new at, at, at leading people. And, and I said to him, I said, I got this dilemma. He goes, well, what's up? And, and I told him, 
and and his answer shocked me and and he's my dad's amazing at giving you an answer that stops you in your tracks makes you think and then he's going to give you the rest of the story Mm -hmm. but he said it is immoral for you to hold a person back for your own personal gain and i'm like whoa wait immoral my own personal gain what are you what are you you talking about and and he knew that my point was if i would if i would promote her i knew that it would create a hole that i would have to fill as an assembler so it really was i was watching out for me not just the company and then his immoral part was he said you're holding her back from growing that's wrong. And, and then he said, so do you have a minute? And so I sat down and he said to me, um, when he was plant manager of a company on Erie Boulevard, there was a young man that was working in his shipping and receiving department. He goes, and he was this really sharp young guy, ended up running, uh, becoming like the, the supervisor in the shipping and receiving department. And he said, one day the guy came into my dad's office and he said, uh, you know, Bob, I need to make more money. And my dad said, well, what? Excuse me, what? He goes, I need to make more money. I want to get married. How can I make more money? And so my dad said, you know, you are the best shipper we've ever had, and I've given you the biggest raise possible. You you know, you've maxed out at what that pay scale is for that job. What else can I learn? Teach me something. I need to learn something. I, I need to make more money. So my dad thought, and he goes, do you want to learn how to weld? And the, I don't even know if the guy knew what that was. So my dad takes him to the welding department of the company. He shows me, he goes, yes, where can I learn how to weld? So my dad said, oh, I'll tell you what, you know, um, BOCES runs these courses every spring and every fall. And I'll send, send you to BOCES. It's night school. I'll pay for it, but you got to go. And we'll teach you how to weld. So young man goes, well, he gets married, goes to the BOCES class, learns how to weld. He's doing some welding for my dad. Just some simple, simple welding. You know, probably some stick welding or MIG welding or something. And and then he comes back to my dad and he says, hey, there's this other kind of welding that I'd like to do. And my dad said, sure, no problem. Sends him to the course, learns how to do that welding. And then a couple years later, he comes back into my dad's office and he's with a with a flyer from, I don't know if it was Bosey's or somewhere else. And, and he said, Bob, there's a TIG welding class that I'd like to take. And my dad said to him, you know, I don't know if his name was Jimmy, but, you know, Jimmy, we don't do TIG welding here. And he goes, I know, but I want to be the best welder I can be. And my dad said he was an amazing welder. He was very, very gifted in this area and just loved welding. He was, you know, welding is, is, is something that if you're a really good welder, it's an art to be able to weld right and have it look really nice. And this kid was good. So my dad said, well, you know, I need to think about this because like I said, we don't do that kind of welding. So my dad said, come back the next day. And my dad knew that if he taught this guy how to TIG weld, he may not be able to keep him long term. And so sure enough, he said, he sent him to the class. And about a year or two later, the young man comes into my dad's office and he just has this sad look on his face. And he says, Bob, I, and my dad stopped him and he goes, you're leaving, aren't you? And he goes, yeah. He said, there's this welding shop in town. You know, I know you're paying me as much as you can pay me, but they can offer me significantly more money. I just need to go. 
And so, and he says, I don't want to, but it's for my family. It's to make my life better. And so my dad wished him well. And I said, so you trained him to the point that he left? He goes, yeah. He said, I wanted him to be able to achieve his best, the best version of him. And I said, so you lost him. And he goes, oh, I didn't finish the story. I said, okay, so what's the rest of the story? And he goes, well, years later, my dad says to me, he was getting ready to retire from Jake with Industries. And he had already you know, put in his notice that like within, I think they convinced him to stay a few extra months because they were going to go through a union negotiation or something like that. And they wanted him there. And before my dad could leave, the HR manager said, hey, by the way, I want you to see a resume that just came in for a welder. I want you to put on the file, you know, your successor might, is for sure, for sure going to need some, some welders. And when my dad looked down at the resume, it was this young man. And he said, you see, Dave, he said, had I stayed at Jakewood, this young man that I allowed to achieve his best, and I continued to let grow, would have come full circle back to where I was managing again. Mm-hmm. And he said, you always help people achieve their giftedness and, and make the most of their giftedness. And he said, you never know. Now, I've also looked at it from the standpoint of they may end up going to another company that now becomes a customer of yours. They could become a vendor of yours. You know, the point is, if we're always trying to help people get better, everybody wins. And that's the power of outside-in leadership. I, I love that story. I mean, I've heard, I've heard it many times now. And it's still, like, it gives me chills when I hear it because it's just it's exactly what we all need to be doing and it comes right. back to what what you often say is that you know we're human beings not human doings and exactly. when we step back from thinking about the bottom line or our own personal gains or um you know inconveniences or things like that we really yep. think about the human beings behind the job titles and right. helping them achieve their best. And that's, you know, that's where it all, the focus really needs to be. Exactly. You know, and I, and I, don't, I don't want people to think that Dave doesn't believe in capitalism and profits and earnings. I do. Mm-hmm. I just believe that the way you safeguard capitalism and the way you safeguard earnings and the way you safeguard your future is through people. Mm-hmm. And a rising tide lifts all boats. And so, you know, we have to stop giving direction and we have to start asking questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to stop saying, this is how I want you to do it. And we have to say, how do you think is the best way to do this? Mm-hmm. And we need to, instead of focusing on, you know, most bosses shine a light on what isn't working. Leaders shine a light on what is working and ask the team member, why is that working so well? Because then we're leading people on a path of discovery where they can discover giftedness, they can discover ideas. And, you know, with what Dan Brown was telling us, they can come up with amazing things that save the lives of a lot of people. Yeah. That's the power of outside leadership. So that's it. It's not hard. So and what, the neat part what's is... What's our next dimension? So, so our next dimension 
is side by side. Mm-hmm. Which is really fun. Can't wait to talk about that one. Um, speaking of helping people achieve excellence, so we need to remind everybody of Live to Lead. Yes, we're Live not that lead. far yeah, away Live now. It's coming up on October 9th. Mm-hmm. Starts from, you know, the, the stream starts at 9 a.m. So please, there will be a link in the podcast description. Follow that link so that you save yourself the 20 bucks and you get it for 79 bucks instead of 99. It will be amazing. It always is. And I just cannot wait to hear Alan Mulally talk about leadership because he was the guy that turned Ford around, went from losing billions per year to turning a profit and being the only automaker in this country to not need a government bailout. Wow. American automaker not needing a bailout. So click on the link. Join me for Live to Lead. Looking forward Anything to exciting it. happening? I'm sorry. What was that? I said, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Live to Lead. Yeah, I am too. It's just, it's, it's one of my favorite. Now, it's, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. That's a little <laughs> later. But it's like lead. So think about this. You get Live to Lead. Then you get Thanksgiving. Then you get the most wonderful time of the year. So mm-hmm. just saying. People, just say look at your calendars. <laughs> yeah, start the holidays early with Lift <laughs> You know, and it's going to, certainly going to be different than it has it been in the past. But you know, I think there are some aspects of it that might, you know, people might like even more than there's right. the seventy-two-hour yes. replay, and there's exactly some uh, some materials and resources and videos from last year. Yeah, um, yeah, and. I, you know, yeah. you get to enjoy it from wherever you are. So right, as beautiful as the lodge is, that is a bit of a trip for some people. So now it's kind it of is. A, you can watch it from your couch, you can watch it from your office, you can yeah, whatever. And, and think about think about this: you can you can take the seventy nine dollars and invest in in yourself and live to lead, and you have it for seventy two hours, and it starts streaming on a Friday morning at nine. That means you have the weekend. Mm-hmm. Who in your family might enjoy watching some of the best thought leaders in the country? Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Maybe you can help your kids find some giftedness. Mm-hmm. So any any plans for the weekend? No. I mean, we're working through our fall bucket list. and oh, That's uh, great. I've, I've heard from a few people like, oh, you're doing it again. You're doing it. Oh, yeah, we are doing it again. And, um, you know, now that my older daughter is, you know, even older um than she was last year she's really into it so we're uh, so excited moving right through how about you great so i'm i'm hoping i'm gonna get out in the boat this weekend again you should the old boat going to be is gorgeous. running um, it's she's running amazing it's just mm-hmm. a beautiful sound mm-hmm. as we go down the lake so there's nothing better than autumn boat rides in the finger lakes mm-hmm. so with that i'm dave freund i'm marissa norcross And this was the next page.